0: Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Lantesta, and today we're walking around Fantasyland in the Magic Kingdom. Jim's going to tell us what's been going on lately in this, the center of the Magic Kingdom, and also what's going to happen in the future. Jim, walk us through. Remember,
1: this park's been open since 71, but you, you have to take into consideration real world changes. And if we look over here at the Tangled Tower and Village area, also a.k.a. the Tangled Toilets, You'll notice a bunch of folks who have their computers out and their phones because this is one of a nice shaded area where you can sit and recharge your electronics—your right. phone, your laptop, your iPad, whatever you brought into the park. Right, it's
0: got outlets and USB ports.
1: That's it, exactly. And so the fact that Disney had to find a way to accommodate this because so many guests were asking—you know—I bring my electronics into the park, and this is how I'm recording my vacation.
0: Right, and we're not going to bring uh, you know die-hard batteries with us to
1: uh, to recharge everything, right? Yeah, sometimes you have to build the park to and then let the public in to figure out how to do it. I mean, take, for example, right now we're in front of Small World, and we can see the entrance in front of us, but for those of us who've been going to this park for 40 plus years, remember this was originally the exit, the exit. but it was a situation where so many strollers would get crammed in this area, and it was such a pinch point to make the entrance in the middle of the land right across from Peter Pan. Yep. The efficiency folks who work with Disney, it's like, look, this is lunacy. Let's swap the entrance and the exit. It'll make it that much more enjoyable a guest experience and help with crowd control issues. This is mid-morning on a Tuesday, and we've got crowds of this size. Yeah. Imagine what this is like during Christmas week.
0: Oh, uh, during Christmas, you can't even see the ground. It's yeah. that. Uh, that many people in it. So, what about uh, let's uh, let's walk over here towards the uh, Pinocchio Village House, and we'll uh, we'll turn around and we'll talk about. Um, Peter Pan, because that was one of the last rides to get a Scene 1 or a, uh, a plussed-up entrance. Let's, uh, let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Peter Pan is one of those must-do attractions at both Disneyland, Walt Disney World, Disneyland Paris, and the, what they did by creating the Scene 1, it was about extending the queue. Right, making the queue uh, covered. And to that end, it worked. You know, it was so expensive to build. It was so much money to maintain. In the end, the takeaway... From Magic Kingdom, management was like, really, the money we've spent on scene ones we could have built an actually really real ride.
0: Yeah, it's a, uh, it's. It, I think they learned what everybody who's ever done a remodeling project learns, mm-hmm. that it, it costs more money and you'd never do it again. Yep. Yeah.
1: If we pivot here just for a sec, we have uh, Mickey's PhilharMagic across the way. Let's
0: walk over here and we'll uh, we'll turn around and get a shot of Mickey's okay. PhilharMagic.
1: The nice thing about Mickey's PhilharMagic is that if you're looking to do. A new show. You aren't. You know. You don't have to build a new animatronic. You don't have to build a new vehicle. You just have to do a new fil- new film. And what they're talking about now, this came in, in in the early 2000s, and Disney's had hits like Frozen and Tangled and that sort right, of thing, which aren't represented in the right. Also, Disney's gotten a lot better at doing a CG Mickey, so right. they would really like to circle back on it because right now there are better pictures of the Bigfoot than there are <laughs> of no Mickey. CG Mickey. Yeah.
0: So that's funny, Jim. What about uh, well, Princess Fairy Tale Hall, which we're seeing over over here? It's been uh, it's not as popular as it was the first couple months it opened, but this has been a steady attraction, and, a, and I think a good addition to the park. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. But these days, when you define
1: a Disney princess, take a look at who you can see now. You have Cinderella, and then right next to her, you have Elena. Elena. From Elena of Avalar, yeah. which is a Disney Junior show.
0: Right, it's a uh, television. It's yeah, even, not, it hasn't even made a movie yet. Yeah, but
1: in the eyes of consumers, doesn't matter. It's you know matter, she's a princess. she's a full princess, just yeah. in the same way as, as Cinderella is a full princess. So
0: that's fantastic. And Jimbo we're uh, we're walking towards the uh, the uh, area now known as New Fantasyland. Yep, yeah. we're six years into the original opening of New Fantasyland. We're four years since Seven Doors Mine Train has opened. What, is, what does Disney think of New Fantasyland? I think
1: overall it has done exactly what they wanted to do. It took the most popular land in the park, doubled its footprint, in much the same way as Elena of Avalor.
0: Avalor, right? Yep. Avanor. Avanor. Um, Avalor sounds like a new Toyota. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you, you brought a thrill ride into the park with... Family appeal.
0: Yeah, and
1: at the same time, you, you've got Belle here, you've got Ariel. It, you have all of the franchises... That weren't represented at Disney World, Fantasyland. Finally, have footprints.
0: They've got their yeah, exactly. They've got their own attractions now, right? Yeah. Let's see if we can see uh, any cars running through, any trains running through. Mine train. Oh, here we go. Let's see what we can see here. It's all quiet on the mountain right now, Jim. Oh, here we oh, go. Oh no, here we go. Yay! Yay! All right, awesome. And then Enchanted Tales with Belle. Yep. The most elaborate character greeting I've ever seen. Is it? Has Disney ever had any more expectations of it, other than that, or is that good enough?
1: you have to understand this was sort of the proof of concept to to walk out more you know story driven guest experiences and in a weird sort of way the summer over at epcot is kind of the same thing with fewer storytelling elements but i think in the end beauty and the beast is a franchise that disney is you know considerably invested in man we just saw the the, the giant live action film that did so well two years ago and they're happy with how that's done, or more to the point, how Be Our Guest, I mean, think about, you know, we're now breakfast, lunch, dinner.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they could somehow work a uh, work a brunch into there, uh, I think they would. So Be Our Guest, still one of the most popular restaurants in the Magic Kingdom, not the highest rated anymore, but very near the top. They, uh, Jim, this is one of those uh, restaurants where they're selling it out three times a day, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, everything, all there. the time. Still very, very difficult to get uh, reservations for. Well, they're not, not impossible now that they've expanded the... Uh, no.
1: Those of you who are wondering, yes, ahead of the 50th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Resort, in much the same way that Disney comes through and does the touch-up of paints at Mickey's Toontown in California, look for this entire area to get a repaint, to get a plus. They'll be doing things like even pulling out the grass on the top of uh, Ariel's Mountain or the, the, the... full rock work that covers the show building for
0: uh, Ariel's undersea adventure and you know making it that much more green and that sort of thing and uh, Jim we're walking up here to uh, Gaston's tavern it's a small quick service location it's got a few things cinnamon rolls in the morning the size of shoe boxes they've, uh, they've played around with the rest of the menu quite a bit but one thing that's uh, stayed the same uh, Gaston himself is one of the one of the I think mo- more favorite new character greetings in the park How did they come up with that? that's the thing about a lot of
1: the Disney villains, particularly those that have a sense of humor about themselves or seem to or allow that they, they become popular. I mean look here, they literally had to create a space because what was happening is initially Gaston would just come out and wander the streets and he'd be mobbed yeah. and so it was like okay now we actually have to create a space where he stands and thank goodness again in the Florida sun, you know they give the poor guy a
0: little shade. So That's good Oh there he is all right, we're walking up to uh, Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid. This is one of the original New Fantasyland attractions to open. It, uh, it was popular for a time. It's settled down into the sort of routine that we see over at Disney California Adventure as well. So not the uh, not the most popular attraction in the land, but uh, but a people eater nonetheless. Oh right? no, that's exactly. When you have a continuous feed omnimover
1: at the heart of this yeah, thing. Wait time currently five minutes. There you go. When you're a parent with small children, you see a ride build around a popular character with a five minute wait. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're on it. That's it exactly.
0: And what about the uh, the Ariel character greeting over here in Ariel's Grotto? Now they moved this from behind where the carousel is currently, which was primo location, right? Prime prime spot over here to sort of the back end of uh, New Fantasyland. One of the reasons it was a, a primo location
1: because of the storytelling. You know, you had Ariel sort of built out of Coral Grotto right at the edge of the old 20,000 Leagues Lagoon. It felt like it was telling the story, and you know you're right, it was right on the open, people would see it and there'd be a tremendous line. here, yes, you know Ariel is you know kind of hidden away in fact, I want to say they 've jumped the size of the sign. Outside, a couple of times. Of surprised and
0: they don't have Sebastian out front uh, telling people that she's she's inside. She's inside. Better go get. She got an owl. Sebastian's Irish now, is he, Jim? Well, <laughs> All right, Jim. We're coming up on uh, Storybook Circus here, which is the uh, the old Mickey's Toontown, Mickey's Birthday Land. Now it contains Dumbo, the Barnstormer, and Pete's Silly Circus uh, character greeting. Also, uh, Big Top Souvenirs, one of my favorite retail locations in the entire park.
1: Well, more to the point, it was also one, one of... Disney's
0: of, <laughs> <laughs> favorite, favorite. Yes. You <laughs> Let's know, walk again, through it.
1: Again, you know, you remember, when they initially announced the plans for New Fantasyland, yeah. this whole area was going to help support the Disney Fairies franchise. Oh, sure. and, Oh, that's right, Disney Fairies, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and the pushback from management was considerable. About using the fairies? Back when this was Mickey's Toontown Fair, right. this was County Bounty. This is where people got dumped into after they did the character greeting right. outside of Mickey's house. And so this is where parents would wait for their children right. to come back and... And, and Jim, if you're going to wait,
0: I mean, oh.
1: these are the things that you're going to wait for. As a diabetic, I feel like just looking at them, I should be reaching for my metformin.
0: Oh, they still got... Uh, oh, it's for Christmas, but look at the treats that you get here. And I wish we could. Uh, we could give everybody a sense of the smell. Oh,
1: they're, they're actually yeah, doing, uh, you know, in fact that that's one of the things that's great about here is that we have an open kitchen. You can watch them making the very same trees that uh, you know, you can purchase here. And the smell is incredible. Oh my god, yes.
0: This is literally my favorite retail location in the entire park. It's amazing, and everyone does such great work. Everything is super pretty. Thank you, folks. Alright, let right, let's, uh, let's continue on. Okay. Coming up, we've got character greetings for Pete's Silly Circus, and then also another area by the train station, which is also a relaxation and recharging uh, port over here. So, Pete's Silly Sideshow. God, I keep messing up that name.
1: That's okay, that's okay. And, and again, I, you got know, remember back in the day, Pete did have a presence in Mickey's Toontown Fair. And, <laughs> and by the way, they committed, that's Jim Cummings, the actual voice. Of, of Pete from the
0: cartoons he, he recorded the spiel oh that's yeah. fantastic Waits are uh 10 minutes yep for everyone all right let's walk over here Jim we'll Sorry. see the uh we'll see the seating it's actually uh, not it's never that uh, that busy but it's fantastic and again they've got uh, places where you can charge your phones I think they used to have recliners here uh, recliners are gone that's sad I, I oh it's a jingle jam now they've uh, they moved it out for the uh, for the Christmas party yeah. uh, so it's a dance uh, to dance thing now
1: Is this what we find, Wayne and Lanny, from uh, Prep and Landing? I I
0: don't know, but it sounds familiar. Okay.
1: We'll end by walking down here with sort of a cautionary tale about you design things and then you have to change things. Yes, the water play area here. Oh, Casey Jr. Yeah. See, initially the whole notion was that Casey Jr. would be right out in the open and that kids could run around and play on him and that sort of thing. And in the end, they put it in the ground and safety took one look at it and it's like, There is no way we are letting you let kids climb on top of
0: that train. Oh, there's no way they would slide off. Yeah. Is anyone uh, anyone playing with it today? Oh, you got some kids that are super interested. Oh, someone's going in. Here we go. You go, little girl. Be brave. Oh, she made it through without getting wet. That's uh, that's fantastic. Look at
1: that. The whole conceit of this initially is it's the turntable by the roundhouse. In fact, the restrooms are Uh, in the roundhouse. Right. And in the end, do you imagine you propose something and then safety comes in and goes, nope, you gotta put up a rail and you gotta block that off and
0: that's where we are. So uh, Alright Jim, let's do this. Let's uh, let's take a walk over into Tomorrowland and we'll uh, we'll finish up our series on the magic Kingdom there. How's that sound? Alright folks, you've been listening to the Disney Dish podcast with Jim Hill. We're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams. Please go on to iTunes or Stitcher or on the side of a railroad car and write a review and tell us what you would like to hear next. For Jim this is Len. We will see you on the next show.